ओम ज्ञान चिन्हस्य ज्ञानं जनशलाकाय चक्षुर मिलितं येन तस्मै शुभवेन तादृशः अपरशा एंड सीन दैट व्हिच इज एक्स्ट्रॉर्डिनरी कृष्णस पास्टाइम्स इन सो मेनी वेरिएटेड वेज इन डिफरेंट पैलेसेस व्हिच फॉर कृष्णा इज ऑर्डिनरी फ्रॉम आवर पॉइंट ऑफ व्यू वी सीन एक्स्ट्रॉर्डिनरी And then again, for Krishna, nothing is ordinary. Everything is always wonderful. Nothing is boring for Krishna. Krishna, whatever he does, it's always Ananda Chinmay Rasapati Bhavitabhas. It's always imbued with the dynamic spiritual quality, which is of ever Ananda Buddhi Bhavitabhas. It's always increasing the ocean of transcendental bliss. Although other people who are Samsara Kupa Pandita or fallen in the well of material existence, they may do apparently similar activities to those that Krishna does, such as you see the things Krishna is doing, he's performing different sacrifices, arranging for his children to get married, consulting with his ministers, playing games, chess, and arranging to go hunting, and sometimes dressing himself as an ordinary person to go. Do some spying. So many different things Krishna is doing. Um, although, it, for someone who does these things regularly in material existence, it may seem very dull and boring and unexciting. And actually, it is dull and boring and unexciting because material life is like that. But for Krishna, because he's doing everything with his devotees and for the pleasure of his devotees, and because he is himself. Akila Rasamrita Sindhu is the ocean of all transcendental nectarian mellows. Therefore, everything he does is simply a cause of transcendental bliss. Just as everything here in this material world is a cause of non-transcendental misery, so everything in the spiritual world is simply relishable. And now, in Muni, you've seen the opulence of Krishna in Dwarka. Which is even more than that of Narayana in Vaikuntha. This Narayana in Vaikuntha, he is also it's the same in, in many ways a similar mood to that of Dwarka. It's a mood of awe and the, the Lord is worshipped in awe and reverence. But in Dwarka, the quality of intimacy with Krishna is more. And Krishna has—that's one of Krishna's four special qualities that distinguish him even from Narayana. That he is—he has wonderful pastimes, even more so than Narayana. So, Lord Narayana, he has many wonderful pastimes. He does many wonderful things. He jumps out of the nose of Brahma as a small pig, and very quickly becomes a very big one. And then fights, takes up the earth. On his snout, it's a very big ball. We can't imagine how big he is. They're just lifting up, and then a little fish comes in the hands of Satyavratamon. Oh, little fish, protect me! And then within one day, he's become so big that he can only go in the ocean. So he performs many wonderful pastimes. And Shrinadev comes, half man, half lion, unprecedented. Adhutashin, this wonderful horn, or dumbstruck, 
So everything about Lord Narayan is wonderful and unlimited, but Krishna even more so. Here is a description of the Dwarka pastimes of Krishna, which are so unlimited that even great personalities like Brahma, he is listed as the head of the great learned personalities. He is called Adi Kavi. He is the original learned personality within this material world. So uh, he cannot understand Krishna, even though he has such unlimited intelligence, apparently. But the limit of his intelligence is found when he comes to try to understand Krishna, which was seen very clearly, uh, first of all, when he stole the calves and cowherd boys, and then he declared his defeat by Krishna. And he saw the, the, op- the, the opulence of Krishna is far greater. He was thinking, well, Krishna, what is this? I know Narayan. Then he saw that, although he was thinking that it's just a little boy running around in the fields with no nothing in his shoes on, chasing a bunch of cows, and he was thinking that my Lord is Narayan. He's so opulent, he's the master of all the universes. And then he saw the opulence of Krishna, which is so much greater even than that of Narayana. And so opulent that he didn't even care for it. Okay, you go and worship Narayan, and I'm Krishna, and I'm, I like the cows better. So he's so, so opulent he didn't care for it. Prabhupada gave the example once. He said there was one Nawab who means he must be very rich. So he had a chandelier. I think I told the story last time I was here. Maybe you think I'll tell it wherever I go. I don't think I've told it since I was here. So he, uh, he had the chandelier and very expensive. Each crystal glass was worth so many rupees. It was very valuable. One, one day the servant was cleaning it and he dropped one of the so many crystals. Huge chandelier. He dropped one on the floor. Boom! It broke. Ah. Oh, that's worth more than my five years' salary. Just one of them. <laughs> so then the Nawab came down and he thought, oh no, now I'm in trouble. So the Nawab said, who? What, what was that sound? What was that sound? Actually, uh, I dropped one of the crystals from the chandelier on the floor. And that was the sound you heard. And really, oh, throw another one. It was a nice sound. I enjoyed hearing that. Throw another one. Okay. Well, the boss, throw it down. Bing! Oh, very nice. Throw another. In this way, within ten minutes, the whole chandelier was broken. All of them. And they said, oh, that was nice. Now sweep it up. And there's got millions of rupees. He liked the sound. Because he's so opulent, he has so much money. He couldn't just, well, just leave it. That's all. He doesn't care. So the same way, Krishna, there's so much, all the opulence of Vaikuntha is there. But actually he likes the cow, herd, the pasturing grounds of Vajra. So Brahma, he saw this opulence of Krishna. And although he was the greatest sage, the Adi Kavi, he uh, declared, Jananta eva jananta kimba hukta name prabhu manasarva cha vaivabhantavagochana. He said that others may say, I know Krishna. It's like when we first came to India, people used to say, Oh, Krishna, yes, yes, I know Krishna. You don't have to tell me. Nowadays they can't even say that because they don't know anything. In those days they thought they knew. So, yeah, I know Krishna. 
So they may say, Brahma said, others may say, I know Krishna, but as far as I'm concerned, and I'm the biggest brain, I happen to be his son also. But uh, I don't think that by any endeavor, by mental endeavor, by physical endeavor, by discussion, it's not possible to reach the limit of Krishna's offering. It's not possible to understand it. So even the Agadha apparently unlimited intelligence, but even if one's intelligence is unlimited, Krishna is more unlimited. Any mathematicians here? Study mathematics? So is it possible to be, if something is unlimited, is it possible to be more unlimited? What's uh, two times infinity? Infinity divided by two, it's all the same, it's infinity. But, that's in the material world. In the spiritual world, there's infinity and more infinite also. The laws of physics don't apply, or the laws of mathematics. Even they may apply, but Krishna, he breaks them as he likes, because he's God. Just like you break the chandelier, he can break the laws and any laws. So Krishna is unlimitedly unlimited, more unlimited. And even if one has unlimited intelligence, he cannot understand Krishna. Although we are studying the Bhagavatam, in which uh, the Acharyas have applied their intelligence to try to understand. Vichinta, by Vichintam Agadabhavadhai, applying the intelligence to very deeply meditate upon and try to understand Krishna. But one cannot fully understand Krishna. One can understand Krishna to some extent with the intelligence. If his intelligence is placed submissively at the lotus feet of Krishna. Otherwise, by wrong intelligence, one can misinterpret. You may say, well, Krishna, he was... They, they have this theory that Krishna was some tribal king. And originally, in the Vedic version, they, there was worship of Vishnu, and then there was worship, and there was some tribal king, and they, they identified Krishna with Vishnu. And then after that, Krishna worship came up, as if he's God. They have very strange ideas, these scholars, great scholars, very learned. You can find very learned. They, they study the Bhagavatam. They can tell you so many things, but they're complete fools and rascals because they don't understand anything about Krishna. And worse than that, they misinterpret. They don't, they malinterpret. They misrepresent Krishna. However, it's not that the intelligence is not to be used in understanding Krishna. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu liked Lord Brahma's prayer that Jnane Payasam Udapasya Namanta Eva. He said, give up the, intel- the endeavor to know the absolute truth by the method of knowledge and just become humble. But does that mean then that one should just don't use your intelligence? Bhakti is for non intelligent people. No. Because Sane Stita Shutikatam Tanavam. One should always go on hearing. One should go on hearing. So it's not just like hearing like some incantation. But one should, one should hear with one's intelligence to try to understand. And if one has that humility to try to understand Krishna with his intelligence, then Krishna will bless with so many realizations. 
Vishwanath Chakravar Thakur was, he made his commentary in the 10th canto of Bhagavatam. At the halfway point, he, he noted that, that I'm simply praying to Krishna to uh, give me the blessing that my intelligence can, can continue to go on swimming in this nectarian ocean of Krishna's pastimes. So Krishna pastimes with so, many, so much intelligence and so many insights. Uh, this is the process then to be delivered from material life. Of course, to imply one's intelligence in trying to understand Krishna, who is Mukunda, the giver of liberation. <laughs> but as far as a devotee like Narad Muni is concerned, uh, he's using his intelligence to understand Krishna. At the same time, understanding it's not possible to fully understand Krishna. He's not in the position of being samsara kupa patita. He's not fallen in the well of material existence. But he's in the position of samsara kupa patito talana, of lifting up those who are fallen in the well of material existence by recommending samsara kupa patito talana that he recommends all to take shelter at the lotus feet of Krishna by remembering who one can be delivered from material life. So he's traveling here and there. He's, he's come to Dwarka. He's not going to stay there. He's going to travel. But he's praying to Krishna for the benediction that I may remember you wherever I go. This is the benediction he has requested. Krishna is offered him a benediction. And Krishna doesn't offer benedictions to everyone. He offers benediction to his devotees because he knows that non-devotees, if you give them just like Lord Shiva gave a benediction to Vrikha, that yes, what bened- whatever you want, what benediction. And then he asks for very bad benediction that whoever's head I touch will simply crank into many pieces. So uh, Lord Krishna is more reserved in giving benedictions. But to a devotee like Narada, he has no way. What benediction do you want? Because he knows he won't make. He'll ask for something auspicious. Devotees always ask when they want a benediction. They won't ask that make me the king of the world. They'll ask that May I always remember your lotus feet, this Narayana is asking. Or may I always, that Vidrasura was apparently an Asura, that was a great devotee. He asked for the benediction and prayed to Krishna. That may I always have the association of your devotees. Uh, they'll ask for the benediction that may others be delivered, may others remember you. So Krishna is uh, giving this benediction to Narayana, who's asking, that may I simply remember you always. Although he, always, he does that anyway. He always remembers Krishna, which is the perfection of life, which uh, which is even beyond that benediction, or beyond the position of those who with agada-bhoda, with unlimited intelligence, they try to understand Krishna. The, those who are on the path of, of worshipping Krishna in great opulence, understanding his great opulence, they... Uh, are much concerned with studying different shastras to understand the greatness of Krishna. But even beyond that platform of understanding the greatness of Krishna is simply to love Krishna intensely, which in the topmost platform of devotion, beyond even Dwaraka, in Vrindavan, the devotees, they simply remember Krishna. And although they may be aware of his unlimited opulences, they're not very much concerned with uh, how, they're not very much interested that how 
mighty he is, just like when the gopis saw Krishna, he took the hand of four-handed, former four-handed Narayana. They said, Namo Narayana, we're very happy. No, Lord. Namo Narayana. You're the Supreme Lord. Please give us one benediction. Tell us where is Krishna. They wanted to find Krishna. They weren't much concerned that he's the Lord of all universes. Similarly, the, um, when Krishna would come home from the cowherd pastures in the evening, the demigods would come to offer prayers. And the cowherd boys that sometimes joke with Krishna and play games, and imitating the demigods, Oh, you are so mighty, you are so wonderful. <laughs> They'd be joking like this. Hey, all these funny people come and see you in the evening. They'll be imitating that. They're not much concerned with the demigods. They simply want to love Krishna without concern whether he's the, the object of meditation for those great sages with unlimited intelligence. Actually, a very similar verse to this was spoken by the gopis and that... Uh, Verse that became the that is the that is actually the essence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. That uh, how in Puri he was always thinking <coughs> of Krishna in the mood of the gopis, especially Radharani, who had uh, been apparently rejected by Krishna. Of course, some very elevated topics. We're reading the tenth canto of Bhagavatam, so this is the discussion. So very similar when Krishna visited uh, Kurukshetra after so much time away from Vrindavan, he, he met the gopis and again he, he spoke all the, through Uddhava and through Balaram, he had spoken all this all these things that, well, you know, actually I'm in everyone's heart and you can just meditate upon me in the heart and all this kind of thing. So they weren't very satisfied with this. And then again he came to Kurukshetra and met the gopis and he said the same kind of thing. And the gopis, they replied to him, very similar words to this, Ahushchate Agada Bodhai Samsara Kutapati Dota Nagalamnam Keham Jusham Manas Yudhirat Sadamanaha. It's very similar. They said that our dear Lord, who, from whose neighbor a lotus grows, in other words, they're addressing him as the Yuanarayan. You want to speak like that? Okay. You don't want to be Krishna? You want to say, I'm within everyone's heart and I'm. I am inside and outside. Okay, all right, Narayana. We told you about Krishna, but you want to be like that? Okay. So your uh, your lotus feet are meditated upon by the great masters of yoga with their unlimited intelligence. And those lotus feet, when meditated upon, can deliver anyone from material existence. Therefore, those desiring liberation of material existence, they take shelter of those lotus feet. But as, as far as we are concerned, we are simply householders. We're not great yogis who worship you. So we are simply praying Kehamdu Shamanas Yudhirat Hridi Sadhanaha. 
we're simply praying that even though we're not qualified like great yogis, we're simply praying that your lotus feet will always be manifested within our hearts. So they prayed very similarly to this. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, considering this verse, he didn't say it directly, but indirectly he was meditating like this. Narad Muni, he has gone to see Krishna. He can go to see Krishna at any time. But for his service, he has to travel here and there, preaching Krishna Bhakti. But as far as the Vajvasis are concerned, they can't go to see Krishna. They don't want, they consider they don't want to disturb Krishna. He's performing pastimes in Mathura and Dwaraka. And if they go there, they're thinking that, well, they will disturb the whole scene there, that now Vasudeva and Devaki, they're with Krishna, they couldn't have him in their childhood. And now, if, if we go there, then Krishna will be disturbing because he relates to them in a different way to where he relates with us. And then if he shows more affection to us, the Vajvasis, than to his who are not directly his family, than to his own family members, the Yadu Vamsha, then uh, that would be disappointing to them. So for that reason they didn't come out of Vrindavan. And also they didn't want to see Krishna in such a situation. They liked to see Krishna in Vrindavan without the formalities of being a king and a householder, just being there, Krishna. So in this way, they, uh, by indirect language, they praise Krishna, that you are very wonderful, you are the master, um, you are the master by Kunta and all this. But they, indirectly they were expressing their dissatisfaction that others, they may be satisfied with seeing you as the Supreme Lord and meditating upon you within and without, but as far as we are concerned, we simply want to bring you back to Vrindavan. So this is uh, this verse which is very similar to this one but actually spoken in a completely different mood <coughs> is uh, actually the key verse to understanding Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes in Puri especially or actually for his whole appearance that he came to relish this mood. What is that mood of that the devotees they're feeling separation from me so that uh, pain, which is actually the highest pleasure that of separation from me, hoping to meet me again, to relish that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to this world. So there are so many wonderful things here in Srimad Bhagavatam. And actually to understand Srimad Bhagavatam fully, although it's not possible to understand fully, then we should also with Chaitanya Charitamrita, trying to understand Krishna's pastimes through the teachings of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There's that one verse in this regard. Krishna Nila Amrita Pur, Chaitanya Nila Shukapur, Duhim Nili, Vaisumadhuja. Shadu Guru Prashade 
Krishna's pastimes they are like very sweet amrita nectar and Krishna's pastimes and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes are like a little drop of fine camphor which brings out the flavor and adds a very special unique flavor to sweet rice if you cook like that so if you mix the two together Krishna's, Krishna's pastimes when that is added they are naturally very sweet but if there is added to that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes then it becomes exceedingly sweet and those who by the mercy of sadhus and gurus the sadhu guru prasadha who taste that nectar the means the sadhus and gurus they describe Krishna Lila and those who hearing from them taste that nectar of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes and Krishna's pastimes they can understand what is unlimited nectarian sweetness so those are the those who have unlimited intelligence they may apply their intelligence to, to try to understand Krishna and they may do so to some extent but they cannot fully understand but even beyond the platform of understanding Krishna's unlimited opulence his understanding his unlimited sweetness in particular those in the line of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu they are very interested in understanding what is the sweetness of Krishna Hare Krishna. Is there any question about this? Jayas Tirami Hatana Kitas Nisya. Narada is always doing Krishna. Yeah. Every moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's praying so that in the future, but as conditions so, we are trying to take the words of it. We forget what is Krishna. I was just thinking we even uh, we should ask Krishna to remember him. We need Krishna said to remember us. Yes. That is Smriti Shakti. Krishna's help to remember. Without Krishna's mercy, no one can be Krishna conscious. Krishna conscious is a gift of Krishna. Actually a gift of his internal potency. Manarani. When he says Jnana Mahavamcha, I get no more than sympathy for me. I get intense memory of me and Yeah, if you want to forget Krishna, then we can forget also. So now I'm insulting it. Is it right? Krishna gave mercy. Yeah, if you want to be a rascal and go to hell, Krishna will give you the intelligence to do so. That's all that's true. It's also true. But we are campaigning. Don't be a rascal. Come to Krishna. If you want, and stay in the material world forever. Krishna will help you. Okay, so now that's putting himself in a very humble position. Yeah, there are so many things. They are unlimited. Every word. You can, you can make volumes of books from unlimited. Every syllable. Pati shloke, pati akare, nana artakare. Every verse and every aksharam, every syllable has 
various meanings. Shumanyarata. So, where are we reading from here? Last paragraph. Hmm? Last paragraph? Mm-hmm. On the second page? Mm-hmm. Practical techniques of mass distribution of Prabhupada's books. Well, the most practical thing is to have plenty of people out there. You can talk about it, but people have to, have to go out and do it. That's the best thing. <laughs> Prabhupada, quoting from Prabhupada, the fact is that we have to adopt the same tactics as ordinary salesmen adopt. But the difference is we do it for the satisfaction of Krishna and they do it for sense gratification. And then, techniques means ways of distributing books to dissimilar people in various circumstances. The book distributor endeavors in different ways and although the techniques are the decisive factor, it is enlightening to see how the conviction of top distributors manifests in action. What are they saying? How are they presenting the books? Or as Arjuna asked, what are the symptoms of one whose consciousness is thus merged in transcendence? How does he speak and what is his language? How does he sit and how does he walk? Books, distributing books to dissimilar people in various circumstances. So, one thing to think about is if we can also distribute books to non-Hindus, mostly we distribute to, all our preaching in India is mostly to Hindus. But actually, uh, India is the second biggest Muslim population in the world, more than Pakistan. And there are plenty of Christians too. So, we should also think how to get books to them. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam